Paul's hymn to love, 1 Corinthians 13, is one of the jewels of Scripture. It is a many-faceted diamond reflecting the light of, refracting the light of Scripture so we might see the full spectrum. Yet it is also true, as Paul says, that we know only in part and see in a mirror dimly. So, I offer three points today as a reflection in part of all that is here and how dimly I see is for you to judge. Fair warning, great things take a little more time to unfold, just a few minutes. I hope to keep you with me as we go. And that's enough stumbling and stalling. The three points are, one, the work of love unites us to God now. Two, the mission of the church is the work of love. It's our lifeblood, our reason for being. Three, the work of love now is the promise of our full communion with God in the age to come. So, first, the work of love unites us to God now. Start with this. Paul speaks of love in a way that mirrors God's love for us. It is first God who is patient and kind. Of course, God's steadfast love endures forever. His mercies are new every morning. God's people have known that since Moses went up Mount Sinai. It's everywhere in the Psalms and Prophets. To know God in Jesus Christ is to know the God who bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Because God never ends. In time the Rockies may crumble, Gibraltar may tumble, they're only made of clay, but God's love is here to stay. The song doesn't actually go like that, but I'm hoping the Gershwin brothers will cut me a little slack. <laughs> love is, first, God's love for us. We love because God first loved us. When we do the work of love, we are mirrors of God. We do the work of God after the manner of human beings. In the life given to us, this life, as it is. But remember, we see in the mirror dimly. As human beings, we are frail and limited. Our frailty and limitations teach us love, if we're willing to learn. So work it through from our side. Love is patient, 
love is kind, the mirror of God's steadfast love. God is equally present to all. He makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. While we are to mirror God's love, frail and limited, we simply cannot be available and responsive to everybody all the time. Then we would be attempting the works of God after the manner of God. And it's sin to think we can pull off that one. Our relationships with others are not all the same. Each involves its own obligations, some greater, some less. We must rank obligations, discern our responsibilities, and accept what we cannot do. Not every relationship is the same, but I can remain the same person in different circumstances. Love is patient, love is kind, all the time. Let's be plain here. When it comes to character, the tell is always how we treat someone who can't do anything for us. Beware the person who kisses up and kicks down. That is the complete distortion of love centered on myself, exploitative of others. God is always the same. Love that mirrors God is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth all the time. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is the hard one. And again, let's be plain. Paul is not saying we can't set boundaries or set limits. Rather, he is speaking of faithfulness to ourselves and others. Love does not surrender to despair. We do not give up on ourselves or on those we love. We do not turn away when there is injustice. Love does not surrender to despair. Love is generous. It is the willingness to surrender our self and life, entrusting ourselves to a faithful creator, the one who himself bears all things. Love never ends. As God is loved, as God is love, we are united with God in it. Our work of love is the work of God after the manner of human beings. Love asks something of us. It is demanding. So also, 
we must learn love. It don't come natural-like. It takes time. A mature person of faith is someone who has learned the way of love. The poet William Blake, speaking to us from the late 18th century, wrote, We are put on earth a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. That brings us to the second point. The mission of the church is the work of love. Paul's hymn to love is at the center of a long passage asking us to claim our gifts as members of the one body, each taking, its pl- each taking our place in its ministry, its service, because ministry is just another word for service. At the beginning of the passage, Paul speaks of the gifts from the one Spirit in the service of the one Lord, really given to us by the one Creator. The church is graced by real gifts for service. It's like the old Wrangler's Gene ad with Brett Favre, remember? Real, comfortable, Jeans, same thing. Real gifts in service. Grasp that, and we can see why Paul believes love is the highest and greatest gift. Because love is the gift for others in a way no other gift is, and that's what ministry is. Love is generative. Ministry, service, the work of the church is conceived and brought forth in love. And in turn, the church is bound together as one body, one people in love. The mission of the church is the work of love. But don't think of church only as the things we do in this building or that ministry is just churchy stuff. Our families and homes are the church. That's the plain sense of the New Testament. Our work is ministry. Again, that's the plain sense of it. In everything we do, in every place, we are the holy people of God. little digression to the point. That phrase, the holy people of God, has a place in my heart. I learned it from David Brown, my boss, when I was first ordained. David taught me that the church is the laos, the Greek word for the people. We are the laos, the holy people of God, a light for all. We are the laos, all of us, before we are anything else. Really. The church and its ministry are the work of the laos, the holy people of God, and that work is the work of love. But remember, we must learn love. 
So we can think of the church gathered in this place as our school, the school of the Lord's service. While there is more to ministry than what we do in this building, what we do here matters. Remember, Paul asks us to claim our gifts as members of the one body. Here we are. Today, our work of love has been to care for the community of the church, to deliberate in good order as members of the one body, to accept the responsibility to provide for what we love. David contrasted the response of a cohesive team to that of folk admired in strife. Members of a team ask, what can I do? When we're admired in strife, we blamed. And we just heard this morning how this church answered. The answer was, what can I do? The mission of the church is the work of love. It's demanding. We face uncertainty and difficulty. We become discouraged. We're tempted to ask ourselves, why bother? After all, there's something new on Netflix every day. Why bother? To paraphrase one of the great lines from Casablanca, we might as well question why we breathe. If we stop breathing, we die. If we turn away from the church, the laos dies. The light goes out and we forget who we are. And you can't get Casablanca on Netflix either, so not everything is there. So finally, third, the work of love now is the promise of our full communion with God in the age to come. As God is love, in doing the work of love, we are united with God. As God is always the same in this age and the age to come, love never ends. What we learn of God through works of love gives substance to our faith and hope. Now we live with our frailties and limitations, but we can entrust ourselves to the God who bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, we see in a mirror dimly, Paul writes, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Return to the poem by William Blake. It's a little boy speaking. Blake imagines him from sub-Saharan Africa. It seems fitting as we reflect on love to quote a poem that protests racism and exploitation. The boy tells us what his mother taught him. Listen to her. Look on the rising sun. There God does live. 
and gives his light and gives his heat away. And flowers and trees and beasts and men receive comfort in morning, joy in the noonday. And we are put on earth a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. For when our souls have learned the heat to bear, the cloud will vanish. We shall hear his voice saying, come out from the grove, my love and care, and round my golden tent like lambs rejoice. Amen.